Welcome to Millennial Wisdom with Dr. Jennifer Wisdom. Millennial Wisdom is a listener's journey with powerful insights about your work and your life. Now, here's your host, consultant, coach, speaker, and best-selling author of the Millennials Guide series, Dr. Jennifer Wisdom. Hi there, welcome to another episode of Millennial Wisdom, where we talk with millennials about what's going on in their lives. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Wisdom, and also author of the Millennials Guide series, and I am so delighted about our guest today. Jenna Van Leeuwen is principal and founder of Aligning Wealth, which is a financial planning firm that's focused on helping small business owners thrive. She's also a good friend of mine. Hi, Jenna. Welcome. Hi. So good to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you. Same here. It's great to be professional uh, every once in a while. This is great. So we always start on Millennial Wisdom with tell us what do you do and what was your path to get there? So I am a financial planner for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, And what that looks like for me is that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs will get to a place where they're so busy uh, with everything that's going on, they start making reactive money decisions where things are happening to them instead of them being proactive. And so my job is really to help help entrepreneurs take a look at their life and their money and see how they can move from that place of overwhelm to a place where they're actively taking advantage of all the unique opportunities and skills they have as a business owner. Um, And the goal there is to help the business owners create that life of financial freedom and abundance and impact that that many, um, you know, business owners dream up. So that is what I do and what I um, love helping people create. That's awesome. So what was your path? Have you always wanted to be a financial advisor? So I think I always paid attention to money as a kid, um, just because we didn't necessarily have a lot of money. So I I knew about being frugal, Um, but the path to get there was actually, uh, I guess, a journey of like discovery. Um, So uh, I actually was a engineer in college and about two years into my engineering degree, I knew this was not for me. And I was trying to figure out what was next. So I started taking a bunch of classes about um, like psychology and entrepreneurship and business and just started exploring what I would do besides engineering. I uh, found uh, a technology sales job after college and uh, I took the job because it combined what I knew, engineering, with the path that I kind of wanted to go down with learning something about business. Um, but still, once again, even though I appreciated everything that I was learning there, I just it just wasn't satisfying. I just did not care enough about how all the atoms and molecules and all that chemistry happened. And, and in order to be really good at my job, I knew I needed to care about that. Mm-hmm. Um, So at some point, I I realized that the thing that really was fascinating to me, it was people. So um, that I really cared about how people thought and operated. And so I was just looking for some sort of path to be able to combine all of my interests and all the things that I was good at. Um, So after I kind of knew that I needed to transition away from a career at the age of 
23, 24, after I had spent six, seven years doing a whole bunch of science stuff, I started uh, reading and I started um, interviewing people for potential other careers and just really doing a lot of ex uh, exploration. And then at some point, I kind of had to move from being in this research phase to actually taking action. And it wasn't exactly clear what I should do. Um, and so I actually hired a life coach and we had about six sessions together and I'm actually still uh, friends with this life coach. We like, you know, say hi on LinkedIn and Facebook and, and all that stuff. And she, you know, she's still a cheerleader for me, which is great. Um, and she really helped me look internally and, and, and sort of say, hey, what do you want to do? What are you good at? Just sort of like strengthen my own sense of, of like what I could do and what I wanted to do. And she helped me um, commit to actually making this transition happen. I bought a ticket to Europe and I was going to live the like digital nomad lifestyle. <laughs> um, but, you know, actually, actually, you know, committing to take this trip to Europe and like figure out how to work while I was there, um, I had to quit my job to do it. So it kind of pushed me over the edge from research and exploration and preparation, you know, with like trying to save up money and, and figure out what was next. It pushed me over the edge into action. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, from there, it was just, it's just been a path. Um, I started out as a financial writer at that point. Uh, and then eventually I switched from doing financial writing into being a financial planner. So once again, um, bringing back that people aspect, because I did love sharing financial advice as a, as a financial writer, but I missed working with people one-on-one. -on -one. So mm -hmm. I went um, and kind of translated all of this um, knowledge I had accumulated over the years, um, you know, from growing up in my family and reading and, and practicing things personally, I translated that into, into, I got my certified financial planner designation. So, you know, I got the, the book knowledge that I needed, and then I got the experience that I needed from working through various companies. Um, so after, after doing that for a few years, um, I found a really great position, uh, basically being mentored by a, a, a lead planner, and I, I did that. Um, but then at some point, you know, I, I have had this dream of entrepreneurship for a long time, and it was it it became time to go out on my own. Mm -hmm. So that is when I opened up Aligning Wealth. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that that's the be been the beginning of of my journey as an entrepreneur. That is awesome. I love your story, <laughs> Jenna. That is so cool. I have a couple of questions for you. So one, yes. you mentioned you were interviewing people for potential other careers. And this is often a step of doing what I call informational interviews, talking to people about who are in jobs you might like and finding out more about them. How did you know to do that? And what was that like? So I found out, I, I was just, I think I was just Googling, trying to figure out all these potential careers or, or how to make a, um, you know, how to make a job change. And so I came across basically some online like scripts and manuals of, you know, hey, here's what an informational interview is. And here's how you should have a conversation with somebody. And um, 
I just did it. So I always have enjoyed talking to people. I mean, I grew up in the South. Like they joke that my dad and my grandfather can like talk to a wall and the wall will talk back. You know? <laughs> so yeah. uh, so I, I, I'm, I have always been comfortable talking to people, but, but yeah, that's what I did is that I, I learned about what the idea of what an informational interview was. And I kind of prepared myself with some scripts and I just, I started asking people. So I brainstormed this whole list of possible careers. Um, I remember one of them was like a business analyst. One of them was a financial planner (laughs) Uh Um, and asked some people I knew what their day was like. What did they do? What were they good at? What were they Mm -hmm. bad at? Yeah. And that kind of laid the groundwork to um, start figuring out what was next. Great. Great. And did you limit this, limit the informational interviews to people you already knew, or did you reach out to people you didn't know? I think I started off with people I knew just to make it, you know, to make it easy, but I definitely just Googled some people and just sent them an email. Um, And um, if you do, if you do research on someone and you send a very respectful, interested email, people answer. So Like, I remember I uh, had this, one of the possible jobs I was looking at was being an industrial psychologist um, because it it was, you know, like organizational psychology and thinking about people, how people act individually and how people interact as a group. And I was like, man, that is so interesting. Um, So I just pitched a professor that lived nearby and said, hey, can you tell me about this? What are you doing? What's your work? And she had me move to her office. She told me all about it. And it was great. Were you nervous? I'm sure I was. Um, But (laughs) I don't know. Like I said, that like just talking to anybody kind of thing. I, I just, you just, I feel like if you just get interested in what the other person has to say, for me, the nervousness just kind of disappears. You talked about several times where you did a lot of thinking and you did a lot of research, and then you really had to have this big push to push you into action. Can you talk about what what made that happen? So the trip to Europe or deciding to go to a financial advisor school and get that certification, what led you to actually push you into action? Well, I think the first time was the hardest to kind of go from researching into action um, because I didn't know that about myself. So I, I, I do think there's real validity in making, in exploring your options and like being in a, in a research phase, right? Because mm-hmm. I think we have all seen, seen, seen people who, um, who will go down like a very expensive path. So like, for example, mm-hmm. go get a degree in something that they're not really all that interested in. And they've spent years and time and money doing something that turns out is not like a good fit for them. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with doing research. In fact, it really maybe helps prepare you for everything that's ahead. But at some point you have to stop the research and 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 make it happen. So the first time definitely help having someone help me switch over from research to action really, you know, kicked my pants and made it happen. But then once I knew that about myself, then it's sort of easier to, to kind of monitor, Hey, have I done enough research? Mm -hmm. Uh, am I ready to, to take a step forward? And sometimes 
over the years, it's probably been like life circumstance. So um, another reason why I started my business when I did is that I had my daughter two years ago. So, um, you know, when I was working underneath the lead advisor, I was working a lot of long hours um, in the office and I was okay with it. It was hard um, sometimes to, to do it, but my husband was also working long hours at something he was super excited about. It was okay. And then, you know, when my life circumstances changed where I couldn't, I didn't want to work until seven or eight o'clock at night anymore, um, it was time to, to figure out how to do financial planning in a way that worked for my new life. Mm -hmm. And so that the answer to that was starting my own business. So mm -hmm. I think, I think there's a couple ways that you can kind of move from research into action. It could be other people, it could be external circumstances, or it could be kind of sort of monitoring your own thinking patterns and saying, Hey, am I getting bogged down here? And should I just make a decision and, and, and move on? I think all of right. those things can be helpful. Nice. Nice. And We've talked, you and I have talked before about the value of networking. And we met however many years ago, four or five years ago at a networking event. Can you talk about when people have, I guess what I'm thinking is people often feel like they don't have a good network or they only know the people they work with or their family, and they don't have a good perspective of all the other kind of options that are out there. How do you network and what would you recommend for people who want to expand their network? Well. Ultimately, I feel like networking is just trying to make friends. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's kind of how it's been for me. So I um, or or so there's there's been maybe two different kinds of, of ways that networking has, has come in my life. There's been the just reaching out to random people and just being really interested in what they're doing and saying, hey, I love your work. Can you tell me about it? What do you do? Uh, I would just love to know. Um, that's kind of a, a sort of more impersonal way of networking. But then when you have a conversation with someone, they're just, they're interested to find a like mind. So mm -hmm. you end up just having a very good conversation and it, and it ends up being a good thing, even though it's, it's not like a, even though it was a random connection. Um, so that's, that's one type of networking. But then also, there's also just trying to find people that you really love being around and trying to make friends. And if you find, if you love being around those people, you find them interesting, those people have lives and professions and they know things. And mm -hmm. so they'll uh, tell you what they know and they will say, hey, I know someone you should talk to and then right. it just kind of comes naturally. So, so it's, it doesn't have to be this like forced thing. It can just be finding really cool people and hanging out with them. Um, and I guess you, you, you did ask, well, so then how do you find these people? I moved quite a few times um, before I came and settled down in the New York area. And so I just tried to, find someone in, in every sort of organization that there was, I would just sort of show up and try to connect with one person that I 
sort of resonated with. So I made, my husband uh, was a graduate student. So I ended up making friends with one of his colleagues. Um, I would go to a, um, I went to a, um, like an improv group at one time, at one point, and I just sort of struck up a friendship with someone at an improv group. So it, just by going to group events and just putting yourself out there and being friendly and being kind and th then just trying to follow up, mm -hmm. I really think goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we were, we had some overlapping networking groups that we went to where there was a woman's networking group in New York and we came across each other there. And then there were another couple of places where we, we touched base. Yeah, that was good. And then we kept seeing each other and saying, hey, I know you. <laughs> and then we started meeting outside of the networking yeah. group. Yeah. And also, I think, too, if you really are trying to be someplace new and trying to make connections, you can go to, like, a conference or some sort of big event. Um, but then also, you can always, if you find, like, a lot of times you can find a group that's interesting online. So like maybe mm -hmm. there's like an online Facebook group that does something you're super interested in, or maybe there's a meetup group that does something you're super interested in. So if you're in some sort of online Facebook group that's doing something you think is super cool, I don't know, knitting, um, and you're like, hey, let's all like meet at someone's house and knit, or let's all go to a cafe and knit. Just, just sort of being the person to to do the first event, I think it goes a long way just because it brings yeah. people out. It just gives, so that way, that way, whenever you're hosting an event, you know, you tend to have people come that are also looking for a connection mm -hmm. and it just helps because people, people are busy, they have lives. And so both you and the person you're trying to meet need to be in a place where they want to have a friend. And so it, it just, it just helps kickstart things. I love it. If you can't find your people, create a group, start recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, let's get back to financial stuff. I know you are an expert on money. We have heard a lot about millennials and money. So some people say, some of the older generations will say, millennials are bad at money. They're wasting it on avocado toast or whatever. And millennials are often saying like, look, we still have student loans. We don't have enough money to be good at money. What is your thought about millennials and money? What are they doing that is uh, different from previous generations? What should they be doing? What could they be doing? What are your thoughts? Um, I think my first sort of reaction to that about someone being like, oh, well, you guys are doing so bad at money is like everybody of every age, they, money's tough. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know if, if all of those, you know, all of these people waving their fingers at millennials are in a, in a great place, you know, they, mm -hmm. they still have work to do too. Um, so yeah, but I do think that, uh, it's real that, you know, some of the people over the years that I've met that have had the best money management skills in terms of like knowing where their money is going and trying to save as much as they can are people that have a low income because you have to learn how to do that to survive. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, a, it's a luxury to be able to not pay a lot of attention to your money. So, um, so 
but you know to actually go from that place of 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 having to watch every penny to a place of like financial security and abundance and everything like that um you do need to earn more mm-hmm. um and so that's where really if you're that's really where the the focus is 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 figuring out how to earn more so that way um you have something to be able to to grow so mm-hmm. you kind of have to move beyond just paying your bills to having a little extra and then once you have a little extra then all of a sudden that can be kind of the 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 catalyst to start really building wealth and building a life of like flexibility and freedom so we all do what we can with what we have but you really have to try to get ahead of your expenses in order to have things start changing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what about the strategic use of debt I know a lot of millennials have student loans. I had student loans for a long time. Um, how how are there ways to strategically use debt? I think so. I mean, there can be some debt situations that are crippling, right? There are a lot of millennials that have student loans where it's just like, how am I going to pay this bill? It is keeping me from doing anything I want to do. You know, how am I going to buy a house? How am I going to have a kid and pay for daycare? Because I just have this huge payment every month. Like, um, it, it can be crippling when it gets to be too much. Um, but there also can be a, a time and a place for it. So if you get to the point where uh, you have enough like in the bank and you have enough in other like investment accounts and things like that, um, then it it's something where it can be used to sort of accelerate what you're doing to to so like for example if you have a bunch of money in savings and you have a bunch of money in a brokerage account um and it's the choice is hey i could pay off my mortgage that is at three percent or i could continue to have the money invested well over the long haul you would you would expect that uh there's a really good chance that your investments would earn better than three percent so where I could never guarantee a return for sure. any one period of time, but over the long haul, you know, the stock market has performed better than, mm-hmm. um, than, you know, something like 3%. So, so that's a case where, where you still are having debt, but um, it's okay because it's in the context of, of everything else that's going on in your life. So, so I think, it's annoying that the answer is it depends, but it really <laughs> is a strategic tool, you know? Yes. So, so moving beyond that place of sort of scarcity and like oppression and overwhelm um, to that place of abundance and possibility, like that is kind of the more, that is the like transformation that happens and debt can play a role in sort of creating that overwhelm or creating Mm -hmm. that abundance. Got it. Got it. So then where do financial advisors come in? I always grew up, I don't know, for some reason I thought financial advisors are for people who are really wealthy. Yeah. Not for everybody. What what do you think about that? Well, the industry as a whole has traditionally gone after very wealthy people. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
they won't even talk to people. I actually, this is kind of what really kickstarted me down to feeling like, Hey, I can do better than that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so whenever I was in, remember when I was saying I was in this, this doing all of this research, um, uh, and I was researching uh, possibly being a financial advisor, and I was looking for a financial advisor myself. And I went to this guy, I went to, I talked to three different people. One person said, well, you don't have $250,000 in the bank, and you're not going to have $250,000 in the bank for a long time. So I guess we'll talk when you're 50, <laughs> something like that. My goodness. Uh, Yeah. So another guy, um, he spent the entire time talking to my husband, um, who is, you know, uh, I was driving the conversation. Um, And so, and then he also tried to sell me something that was not a good fit for me within the span of 15 minutes. And I was like, well, (laughs) that guy's interesting, you know? So I was just like, this is not, and then there was one guy who, um, who was like, hey, you know, I'm going to tell you that, you know, for now, it sounds like you know what you're doing, but, you know, you're not a good fit for me, but like, hey, like, good job, keep doing what you're doing. Um, so, you know, that w- those were the three different people I talked to. So, um, th- so traditionally, there, there have been, you know, a lot of people that just don't help people that are accumulating money. Um, but there are new ways of doing business now. So, um, so for example, I charge people a, a flat fee, um, and it's based on complexity, but it comes out of your bank account monthly. So you don't have to have a whole bunch of money saved up. So that way that person can invest it in order for them to want to work with you. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is be able to have enough cash flow that it makes mm-hmm. sense for you. Um, so there's there's a whole movement of people that are trying to help people um, that don't just have thousands of, of dollars in the bank. And I, I think it's wonderful. Um, it's just like, how, how about how there's so many people out there that didn't grow up in households that know anything about money. And mm-hmm. how do we help those people change their lives so that way they can live, you know, the life that they dreamed of. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm really interested in that question. And I hope I am part of the solution. That is awesome. That is awesome. So you've got a business, you've got a toddler. What's next yeah. for you? <laughs> An adorable um, toddler, I might add. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, I think for me, it's really just about I'm, I'm really happy with my life now, you know, so I have, um, a husband that I have been with, um, we've been dating for almost 15 years, married for almost 10 years. Uh, I have a toddler that I love and I have always wanted to have a family. Um, I have a business that really is what I have dreamed of for years and years and years. I'm getting to do work that I enjoy doing. Um, and so I'm just really like, trying to be as as much as I love planning because you know me I love Uh planning (laughs) (laughs) yes I do I'm trying to be just like present in the moment and really enjoy like what is happening because because like the the challenge of of you know watching my daughter grow and building the business and all that stuff that's kind of where the fun is so um so yeah I just I I just want to see all of these things kind of come to to like 
to grow up and be as they're meant to be, you know? So I want to see, I want to see the business, um, uh, continue to grow and continue to serve people. Um, and I want my daughter to be healthy and happy. And, um, I mean, eventually I'm sure there will be more things, but that's, that's where I am right now. And it's, yeah. it's I enjoy it. So, you know, there's just right now, um, you know, there's not a lot of chance to travel. Things are, are starting to opening back up, but, but I actually don't really feel that urge to, to travel. It's like, mm -hmm. I just want to walk to the park and smell the roses and, you know, just, just be in that moment. And, mm -hmm. um, it's a good place to be. That's awesome. Oh, I'm so happy for you. And I'd love, especially that you're saying there's so much joy in building things and watching them grow. I think it's, I find myself getting into this trap where I want to get to the end. I want to see the finished product, but you're absolutely right. There's so much joy in the process as well. Yeah. Um, I think so too. And I, I, uh, I'm not going to, I definitely have done that in the past and I still do that. Um, in fact, even with like the whole sort of like money journey. At one point I was like wanting to really try to save a bunch of money. And so that way I could get to this point of financial freedom. Um, and then at some point I kind of realized like, Hey, you know, if you have the right skills and you have a little bit of money in the bank and you, and you kind of have like, uh, the ability to try to figure things out, you can kind of, instead of trying to get to the end destination, you can use everything you have to just kind of create what you want now and just make it work instead of trying to always get to the end. Right. Wonderful. So for people who want to reach out to you to chat or to hire you or to ask you questions about financial advising, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah. So, uh, you can always check out my website, which is www.aligningwealth.com. Um, and you can also check me out on Instagram with the same handle aligning wealth. So awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jenna, principal and founder of Aligning Wealth, a financial firm focused on helping small business owners thrive. And my good friend, thanks so much <laughs> for being here, Jenna. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Great. And thank you listeners for listening to the fabulous Jenna Van Leeuwen. We are so glad that she was here and check us out at leadwithwisdom.com and check out our millennials guides at millennialsguides.com. Talk with you next time. You've been listening to Millennial Wisdom, where we talk to you about your life, journey, and your insights of the world around you with host Dr. Jennifer Wisdom. To learn more about the work Dr. Jennifer Wisdom does, please visit leadwithwisdom.com. Millennial Wisdom is sponsored by the Millennials Guide series. You can pick up your copy wherever books are sold or visit Amazon or millennialguides.com.